0: The following podcast is from Axe Church Leander in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe Church Leander can be found at axechurchleander.com. We are starting a new series through Easter called Eyewitnesses. We're going to be going through each of the Gospels and looking why we have four Gospels. Have you ever wondered that? Why the story is told four different times in four different ways? Well, the reason is because each of the disciples, whether they they were the original 12 or those who came quickly after, each were going to put a different emphasis on who Jesus was and why Jesus came. Matthew tells the same story that Mark, Luke, and John does, but he highlights a different aspect of who Christ is. And for Matthew, it was all about Christ as king. And it wasn't an idea that Matthew just came up with or that even Jesus just came up with. The reason why he put such a high emphasis on Jesus as king is because it connects what God did in the Old Testament with what God was going to do in the New Testament. You see, the story of Israel, literally those who wrestle with God, that's what Israel means. So I don't know about you, but I find a lot of empathy. I find a lot of understanding because I wrestle with God a lot. Israel, those who wrestle with God, this nation that God brought out of Egypt, he freed, he liberated, he eventually set up a kingdom. And as all kingdoms have, there was a king. His king's name was David. And the Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. And at the apex, at the height of David's kingdom... God makes a promise to David. And this comes from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 11 through 16. This is God speaking. I will give you rest from all of your enemies, he says. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. And I will establish his kingdom. His name will, uh, his, he is the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. And he will be my son. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. And your throne will be established forever. God promises David that one of your ancestors will rule differently than everyone else, that God would be his father, that this king would be his son. Does that sound somewhat familiar to the gospel stories? And that this wouldn't be a one generation. This wouldn't be one good leader. This would be a leader who would rule and establish an eternal kingdom. See, in the Old Testament, God was already promising this. And the people were excited about this. The people believed this but they were still an earthly kingdom. Like all earthly kingdoms, all earthly nations, eventually they started rebelling. They, they started acting like they weren't supposed to. And there are consequences when we rebel against God. That's what sin is, right? I mean, it separates us from God. It separates us from each other, but there is a consequence to that. And God said the consequence to doing two things, A, turning to other gods, and B, not loving your neighbor as yourself, or in Old Testament speak, not taking care of the big four, the poor, the orphan, the widow, and the immigrant. Because you're not loving people like I love you, and because you have chosen other gods, your kingdom, your earthly kingdom will fall. And that that happened. Israel, this once great and mighty nation, this nation that other countries would literally come just to check out their prosperity. This is the place where if you wanted to go on vacation, you went to Israel, right? This is lifestyles of the rich and famous. This is the land with milk and honey or low property taxes, good schools, good jobs. But, But eventually their rebellion had consequences. And God took away all their toys. God took away all their strength, all their military. They were enslaved to other nations. But even then, even while God was saying, this is happening because of your rebellion, he was also saying, but I still have a plan for you and yours. And this throne of David, this ancestor, he's still coming. This comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 11, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from the roots of his branch will bear fruit. Jesse was David's father. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but righteousness, right relationships, will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. Strong earth with a rod from his mouth, with the breath of his lips, he will slay the, rec- the wicked. Said so from this stump, right? A lot of us have stumps now after the winter storm. Right? The stump is a dead piece of what used to be alive. And God said in the Old Testament, that stump that got cut down, that kingdom that is no more, something's going to grow from it. From the root of David, that king is still coming. Which explains why in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, it starts off with this, verse 1, chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. See, when you read through the book of Matthew again and again and again, what his emphasis is, what he focuses on, what he's trying to get us to understand is that God, through Jesus, is king. That he's actually in control. That he came to start a new type of kingdom that doesn't reflect the kingdoms of this world the nations of this world, the governments of this world. That he was going to transcend all of that while still being here. And again, that sounds good. And the disciples, they were all stoked for this, right? They believed as Jesus did his miracles, that he was that king. They believed that as Jesus talked about what God was going to do and as he referenced the Old Testament, they were all about it. But the challenge they had, and quite frankly, the challenge that I have, is I'm fine with God being king as long as he's king like I want him to be. As long as he makes the rules that I like. As long as he acts like a better version of me. Right? Because that, that's really what happens when we create God in our own image. It's just a better version of Josh. Just a better version of the person we see in the mirror. But the reality is we need something better than a better version of our own broken humanity. We need something that transcends that. And that is where the real Jesus and the disciples, in fact, the entire nation of Israel, where where that got mucked up. Again, continuing on through the book of Matthew. From that time on, this is chapter 16, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day, but he'll be raised back to life. But Peter, chief disciple, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, Peter said, this shall never happen to you. Peter goes to Jesus, the king, and he says, hey, we're not down with this plan. Have you really, really thought this through? There's a better way forward, Jesus. We'll we'll help you figure this out. You just sit this one out. We'll let you know what to do. We'll let you know to do it. Never, Lord, not that kind of king. And what is Jesus' response? "Get behind me Satan. You are a stumbling block to me because you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but the concerns of humans. That cuts me right to the heart. Because so often when I am frustrated with what God is allowing to have happen in the world, what God has allowed to happen in my own life during a snowstorm or during an election cycle or whatever's happening to my family, I look and I'm like, not this way. And I start to demand, I start to try to bargain with God that he will do what I want him to do, that he will be the type of king I want him to be. And in that moment, I'm creating my own God. All of us are creating our own God. And in that moment, he has to speak to me. Josh, you have the concerns of man, not the concerns of God. And if that was where the story ended, this would be a fairly dark gospel because all of us will constantly wrestle with that. I would love to say, hey, I can magically wave a wand, or when you become a Christian, you will never wrestle with the concerns of man versus the concerns of God anymore. That is not how the story goes. But the story does go on to tell us what type of king that we have. And that's where this last Bible reading comes from, the reading that Christy read just a couple minutes ago. Jesus enters into Jerusalem, the capital, to be the king, and Jesus sends his disciples in, and he says, "Go to the village ahead of them. Find a donkey there and a colt by her. Untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says that the Lord anything to you, just let them know the Lord needs them, and He will send them right away." Why? The well, Scripture says this took place to fulfill what was taken in the prophet of Isaiah: Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle in riding on a donkey, on the colt, the full." Of a donkey. Jesus enters into, he makes his proclamation that I am king, not with an army, not with condemnation, not with showing up and saying, I'm going to give you a hundred rules to live by, but by saying, I come gentle and I am a king who will serve you. I am a king who will fight for you. I mean, most kings send other people off to fight for them, right? That's how it works. If you're king, you have soldiers, you have servants, and if you want something done, you send them out to do it. That's not our kind of king. Our king flips the script and he says, I'm gonna fight for you. I'm gonna fight for your kids. I'm gonna fight for your community. I'm going to fight for your church. And he says, and I always win. See, that's the kind of king that we have. That's the kind of king that is promised to us in scripture. It's a king that we can trust. Because I think at this point, can we all agree we really can't trust government that much? Like we've tried it a bunch lately, right? And I'm pretty sure all of them can be like, you know what? we humans aren't really good at this thing, right? All of us are broken. Even the best of us are broken. And yet we have a God, we have a king who shows up and says, but I'm not. And I did not come here that you may serve me, that I may serve you. And he says, and if you want to live in this kingdom, I can show you how to serve others as well. I can show you how to live in the rhythm of this kingdom that's not based off of rules, but based off of love and relationships. And so we begin to intuitively know how to handle hard relationships, complicated issues. And all of a sudden, the concerns of man start to die down a little bit. Peter got so much wrong. And yet, because he was still in relationship with the king and the king continued to forgive him and love him and guide him peter also got to hear do you love me but, yes lord i love you then be a part of my mission be a part of my kingdom feed my sheep love my people let's still do this together that's the good news. That's why Matthew spends his entire gospel highlighting the authority Jesus has as king, but as a very different king than any of us are used to. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Acts Church Leander. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for future messages. You can also follow us on social medias on Facebook and on Instagram. And you can also find more information at See you next time!